Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. center of the galaxy this is the force center podcast feed i'm ken napsog for another edition of star wars rank meaning as ranking things in star wars sometimes we get really deep really poignant we really go into the depths of our souls and talk about uh, things in star wars and then rank them because numbers and rankings are important and sometimes we go a little silly but i think even then we find the poignance uh, poignancy in the list so this week it's a silly list and to do that silliness it's joseph scrimshaw Oh, I'm very, very excited to dive into, uh, I think we're starting at a nice, fun, silly, absurd place, and we'll get to a deep, profound place as we talk about this, this particular topic. I think we will. Today's topic is our favorite characters from other movies 
but in Star Wars. <laughs> Our favorite characters that we want to take from other movies and TV shows. I shouldn't even say movies. That's not fair. That's a lie. I'll recorrect that title in the in the, in the typing there. Uh, from other properties, other shows, all parts of uh, our fandoms, and we're going to put them into Star Wars. And I'll explain where this came from. Uh, when Christopher Lloyd get got cast uh, or got announced as uh, being the cast of Mando Three, a lot of people wondering what he's going to be. But a lot of people, of course, like, "Hey, Doc Brown! We got Doc Brown in Star Wars." And I thought, well, what if <laughs> Doc Brown was actually in Star Wars? <laughs> what if they just said, "Could you be Doc Brown?" But in Star Wars. So, Joseph, from there, we're going to go to this list of uh, wild, crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, did, did, did any of that make sense to you when I emailed it to you? Uh, no, at first, I, I I think I was trying to figure out, like, ooh, exactly how are we going to do this? And then you explained that idea of, like, yes, fictional characters. Like, if mm. Doc Brown is like, oh, yeah. Because I think about this all the time. I think it's yeah. because, you know, you and I and Jennifer have spent so much time, you know, diving into big ideas of Star Wars and, you know, reading other people's, listening to other people's big ideas that when certain kind of themes or ideas come up in other things I like, I'm like, ooh, it's fun to see the rhythms in certain yeah. characters. I'm like, they'd fit into that part. They'd fit into that part. So once I, I locked into what you were saying, I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is going to be horrific to come up with this list because <laughs> yeah. there are so many. And another way to celebrate the other things we like as well as Star Wars. Yeah, that it ended up being not definitely not what this is all about. But in trying to come up with my list, it, it was harder than I thought. Number mm-hmm. one, when I pitched it to you, I was like, ah, I, I think I already have my list already made. Um, one person from that mental list I had made it into my list, including honorables. <laughs> no one else did. A lot of it was you had sent your list over and kind of inspired me to, to think outside uh, even some of the boxes I was putting myself in with this idea. Uh, and then I challenged myself. Um, I'll, 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 I'll spoil a little bit. I, I, don't, I only have one Game of Thrones character. Wow. <laughs> um, an early, early, early solo Star Wars ranked uh, which I think is titled "Would Arya Arya Stark Make a Good Jedi?" I I, I did that. I took <laughs> a ranked Game of Thrones characters by myself and and and, and directed them in Star Wars. Uh, so I wanted to challenge myself because I talk about Game of Thrones a lot on here, and I know. And then uh, another one like Indiana Jones almost put him in the Hall of Fame, but I, it just did. It wasn't going to work for me. It, it did not work for for, for you. And, and Indiana Jones, I would say, is my favorite cinematic character. Um, yep, that's his own thing. I don't need Indiana Jones in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, although that, that's a whole other conversation we could have. Yeah. I've been rewatching those films and that's a ton of fun. Yeah. yeah and again, my, my favorite. Yeah. So, it, but once I kind of did that, uh, my list uh, started to open up and then your great list inspired me to push even farther. So we're gonna have a lot of fun, but you guys, uh, you guys out there listening, you, I think you get it. You get the concept and, uh, we have no plans on how to discuss this. So, uh, you know, my only thought is, um, we don't need to get lost in the details. There's no, is, is there a time travel multiverse? <laughs> what, what, whatever reason they're there, they're there. And it's the characters. Yes. We might drive, uh, dress some of the characters in star Wars robes or armor, give him a lightsaber give him a blaster yes of course but it is how the characters would fit into star wars and maybe some stories around it so man any other thoughts that you had going into compiling your list joseph no just that i really agree with this sort of how i think i'm embracing the spirit of the character or the kind of conflicts that they find themselves in uh mm-hmm. sometimes the aesthetics kind of different entry points into star wars but yeah no i'm not yeah. uh, saying literally <laughs> well, well i'll that say this. this person should be plucked and they should wear the <laughs> yeah. same clothes they're like yeah but it's, i don't it's want so fedoras and i don't need fedoras in star wars they should be weird well, space fedoras like if we yeah, were gonna put in indiana yeah. jones but i'll say this one photo for me it is it, it's so uh 
it was a challenge uh, to, for me to get over that hump. I'm saying that to almost as a reminder to myself because there was there's definitely one character I was like, oh, I want to talk about this character. There's no way this person would fit into Star Wars. I'm like, well, that's not the point of the list, Ken. Ken, you must release yourself from that kind of logic. Uh, so, all right. Uh, without further ado, we are going to rank our favorite fictional characters from other properties and put them in Star Wars. Long title. We'll shorten it up in post. Uh, let's get to the list. Five to one, beginning, Joseph, with your number five. Uh, my number five, I'm beginning at a place that I think longtime Force Center listeners would expect me to begin, and that's I gotta get the Twin Peaks out of the way. Um, <laughs> out of the way. Out of the way. <laughs> Twin Peaks is one of my deep, deep loves, and that is largely uh, because of the character that I am going to put in. My number five is FBI Special Agent Dale Cooper. Um, yes. I'm going to try to discuss the why without spoiling. I got a tweet from mm. somebody who's like, you keep talking about uh, uh, Twin Peaks. Uh, I'm going to give it a mm. try. Uh, mm. Twin Peaks is is one of those things that I'm really fascinated by because I think David Lynch and George Lucas are very similar. They are interested in incredibly similar mm. things. It's almost as if like some cosmic muse said, hey, you two, go talk about these issues. And then they get Star Wars and Twin Peaks back and they're like, Wow, you're talking about the same issue, but you chose to talk about them in extremely different ways. Uh, yeah. Come to some of the same conclusions, but the mood, the aesthetic, very different. Um, so that that's a big part of it for me is uh, I think there's a lot in line uh, between Twin Peaks and uh, it, it, a lot of Lynch's works, but Twin Peaks and Star Wars in particular. So uh, for Dale Cooper, here's the deal. Um, yeah. Yeah. Dale Cooper is uh, a Jedi in many, many ways. Uh, this is what so attracted me as a young man to Twin Peaks because he was uh, a little bit like Luke Skywalker, an example of masculinity that I hadn't seen on screen a lot. Uh, mm. Dale Cooper is, uh, he, he's got some control issues uh, and he expresses that by being extremely precise. He is very knowledgeable. He is an mm. excellent, excellent expert marksman. He is an incredibly efficient uh, detective. He is Sherlock Holmes level, uh, you know, bright and observant. But he's also got this other side that is intuitive and kind and sensitive and doesn't mind uh, making a joke. Uh, it's it mm. just flowing and kind. And uh, it is a part of the story of Twin Peaks that he has all these sort of uh, uh, rigid, analytical, impressive skills but unlike other agents, he is willing to listen to intuition and to mm. uh, question uh, what he sees. And that is sort of what leads him to some success in the original series. And then uh, the reason I'm bringing him into Star Wars is he is the Jedi that you'd meet and go, I love this Jedi. I want to be like this Jedi. Oh, no, this Jedi is making some bad, bad choices. <laughs> and I don't want to spoil anything uh, yeah. for, for anybody, for actual any plot things, if you ever decide to go on the journey. But Dale Cooper is this perfect example of somebody with a good, glowing heart mm. who gives in not to his own personal fear of his well-being, but the fear that he won't be able to control things. He's mm. got this flowing intuitive side. And if he listened almost more to his flowing intuitive side, he'd be fine because of massive problems because he can't let go of control. So that's mm. my number five. Uh, mm. Dale Cooper is the Jedi who inspires me. And then I learn from, uh, <laughs> from their inability to let go. 
Man, I love this. This is uh, you set the bar high here for discussing these characters, and I, and I know you lo- love Twin Peaks and and, and and this character so so much. So, it makes a lot of sense. Um, do you have any? Uh, I, I, I don't think we need to discuss any detail, super super details of them in Star Wars. But is there an era? Is this a fall of the empire type of Jedi? Do do you want the Republic, High Republic, and and he's trying to help expand the galaxy? Do you have any thoughts on where you'd put Dale Cooper? Yeah, I think I would put him. It's it would be easy to put him at toward the end of the Clone Wars. Uh, yeah, but I think it's a more of a personal journey for him. So I'd love to put him in in uh, the High Republic. I think mm-hmm. he'd, uh, you know, he'd be a really valiant Jedi Knight. I think you know a little bit of Elzar Man in in Stellan Geos stuff uh, gotcha. going on there with him, where he's struggling with stuff something, and like you know he encounters some sort of Jedi artifact where people are like that's that's dangerous and you don't need it and like yeah but i'm gonna mess with it because maybe i can fix everything (laughs) and things go really wrong and then on just kind of the lighter more fun note uh, one of the very famous things about uh dale cooper uh boy scout he likes to keep track of everything so he uh records he's got a tape recorder and he uh, addresses his uh, assistant and friend and more diane uh so he'll make little notes that are about the case and then wander off into fun fun weird Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, flights of fancy so that would be fun if he had a star wars version of that to have some sort of like a yeah. uh, space recording device where he uh he talks to a, a random uh a assistant that you never meet yeah 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 or like if diane was a, an astromech droid a, a d-a-i-i-a-1 droid or something like that yeah yeah and yeah. well in 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 the original series you don't uh meet diane but in the third mm. season uh, you do meet her and she's holdo so it's great Oh, that's right. That is the key. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I did see that. I did see that. So there's the connection there. It turns Some out it is connection. just and Holdo. Um, yes. That. So, yeah. All right. Jedi Dale Cooper would say, Holdo, I am traveling at this many parsecs. Uh, anyway, Dale Cooper, <laughs> my number five. That's a great start to the list. Dale Cooper, Twin Peaks. I think we had a hunch he might show up here. So yeah. the fact that he's only number five, ooh, intriguing about what you got coming down the pipeline. My number five is going back to uh, one of my favorite movies. Again, this just kind of becomes you and I looking at the things we love and pulling them off the shelf and saying, hey, can they fit in Star Wars? Uh, I'm going to the 1996 uh, comedy, but also a personal journey film, Gross Point Blank, one of my favorites <laughs> there. And uh, John Cusack's uh, lead character there, Martin Blank, the hitman who doesn't have the heart of gold. He has no heart and he has to kind of discover it. And he goes on the spiritual, has a spiritual awakening and uh, reconnects with uh, things in his past, mistakes in his past, um, seeks redemption, seeks change, but comes from this very, uh, what he feels is at first kind of a, you know, just an amoral place. It's not me. It's the job. I'm not here to kill you because (laughs) I don't like you. I'm here to kill you because someone paid me to. You did something to get me at the door. I can't worry about that. And from that, uh, he loses the the passion for the job uh, and goes on this personal, personal journey. And I just naturally... You know, you go to like you go to Bounty Hunters. Um, I thought about book Boba Fett and the stuff Book of Boba Fett was saying. So I'm like, this would be a great character to just toss in Star Wars, put a silencer on his blaster, and <laughs> uh, the the idea, the thoughts of uh, not so necessarily, not necessarily di- like directly. You have to choose a side. This isn't Finn and and DJ and and the maybe that changed the galaxy, but it, it's like that kind of uh, story of you're just going through the galaxy, you're in the underworld, and thinking you're not really a part of this. You're not part of the death and destruction in the galaxy you're just doing your job and uh, wanting to change that and starting off on that journey uh and then how it's hard it's not it's 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 not uh, easy to break the patterns and 
and make this kind of big leap. You and I were just talking about some of the big leaps Ahsoka has to make in her changes. And so I'm thinking about this one too. Uh, a lot of things pop up, you know, it's a high school reunion story. It's a love story. It's all those kind of things. Dan Aykroyd uh, doing his Dan Aykroydness. Um, it's all that stuff, but uh, just take the character, take that journey, throw it into star Wars, throw it on the level 1313. And how does he climb out of that and reclaim, uh, reclaim his soul. That's a star Wars story. And I want to see Martin Blake from gross point blank, reclaim his soul in star Wars. Oh, that is a great choice. You're making me want to rewatch Gross Point Blank because <laughs> it's also just a great action movie. Yes. Uh, some great uh, scenes of, of desperation of, uh, I need mm. to take this person out quietly with a pen. <laughs> uh, that stuff would be, uh, maybe we'll see some of that in Andor. Um, yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe uh, Martin Blank belongs in the Andor series as a fellow I, actually, rebel assassin. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Like you're right. I'm just I do this because it's the job, and it, is it all worth something? Oh, that's a great spot. Because I have to. Yeah, and I also think that the it's a great Star Wars idea that it it is his past that he needs to mm-hmm. come to peace with in order to find a way to move forward. So he's a uh, he's yeah. right in line with the sequel trilogy as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he probably he does want to kind of just kill the planet. He wants to ignore the past. You're right. <laughs> the past is there. He wants to apologize for it, but doesn't want to learn from it for a long while. And uh, that's part of it too. So, uh, plus he'd have a nice all you know black on black on black armor robe setup or something. He'd be you know is he a Sith? No, he just likes the style. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, great, great choice. Uh, starting off my list. That's my number five. But we're up to your number four. Uh, my number four is definitely a character I like. I, I would never say, like, this is one of my favorite franchises, but this is mm-hmm. one of uh, my favorite uh, characters who's widely known and beloved in pop culture. And when I thought of the kinds of things she does, the kind mm-hmm. of journey she goes on, she just seems so right for Star Wars. Uh, I'm going from the Aliens franchise to Ellen Ripley. Uh, mm. she is, of course, you know, I think gets featured a lot is an example of an action hero, you know, uh, a yeah. woman who is an action hero, but she's so much more. I love in particular, uh, the, the first two films, the reasons that I, I thought of her for star Wars is she's got that great, um, snark, you know, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she is, uh, uh, fiery doesn't, uh, it, it, absolutely pushes back obviously she is uh fearful in moments but overcomes that fear which is also a very star wars thing uh but the issues that she deals with right of a a lot of her enemy is not just giant aliens (laughs) with uh with mouths inside their mouths it's corporate greed talk about (laughs) mouths inside mouths right that it's the people making bad choices like uh, obviously bonkers bad choices based on pure greed and uh, her fight Mm -hmm. against that. And then also I think the fact that uh, a lot of her journey in the second film in particular uh, is about uh, not just survival, but defense, right? Mm -hmm. It is about defending uh, this young girl that she meets. And uh, I, I don't, I think she'd be a, to me, she'd be like a roguish bounty hunter type or mm-hmm. uh, or somebody much like she is in in the film. Like maybe she's a hyperspace prospector who falls into mm. a horror show and kind of trains herself up and becomes a little bit more of a of a bounty Ooh, hunter yeah. type or a uh, or an Afra type. Or like I'm going to do what needs to be done uh, to get by in this really rough galaxy uh but within that there's just such that jedi-like spirit of of defense right yeah oh gosh makes a lot of sense here 
Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 I, I guess you could say it's an easy transition just because it's, it's space, but no, uh, the, the heart is the transition here. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the it's her actions and uh, and her enemies. Uh, you got a character yeah. whose enemies are uh, really scary <laughs> aliens who just mm-hmm. kind of represent you know, destruction and death and horror, uh, yeah. and uh, people in suits who make bad choices because of money. George Lucas, <laughs> love it. Yeah, plop her right in the heart of the prequel era. Absolutely, <laughs> exactly. out there. You know, to a lost episode of Clone Wars. Uh, no, absolutely, uh, absolutely love that. And and. Uh, that, yeah, that character to emerge uh, during that time, you know, along with Princess Leia in that era, but just uh, uh, pr- presenting a, a different kind of hero for uh, many, many generations of fans to uh, uh, be inspired by. It's, it's powerful. Belong- that, that alone belongs in Star Wars. Yeah. Beloved for a reason. That's my number four, Ripley. Well, that was that's an important choice. That's a deep choice. It's a great choice. This next one for me, my number four, is uh, potentially out there, but I, I do think we need a little bit of a, of a villain. And uh, I'm going with Unicron from specifically the Transformers <laughs> animated movie, Transformers, the movie uh, that the character does uh, live on in other forms, even appearing. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see it in some ways, but Transformers last night. Um, this is uh, the character that terrified me in uh, 1986, voiced by Orson <laughs> Welles in his final role. Uh, and this is essentially a, a, a it's described as a as Unicron is a prodigiously large robot whose scale reaches planetary proportions and is also <laughs> able to transform into a giant planet. I just always it's to me a big planet that eats planets and wants to destroy the galaxy and offers Megatron a, a deal with the devil, so to speak, uh, uh, to come back as Galvatron. So you, you, we got we got Death Stars, we got planet killers. We got the final order running around with planet killer weapons. We just now we need this this god of chaos who devours realities. <laughs> as it's described <laughs> here in Star Wars. Give me a big giant planet going around and just eating worlds, literally. We have uh, uh, you know the the Nile, the Drengir, all these the other uh, concepts um, doing that in, in a smaller scale. Uh, but now to actually see. Uh, a group of Jedi having to fight an entire planet um, that could eat them, that could destroy them. And it's this, uh, it's, uh, is it us? Is this, is the planet us? Are we destroying us? You can ask all the big questions you want. And you can also terrify little Kenny that's um, for years will only associate the great Orson Welles with this role. I thought this was the only thing he's ever done. Um Took me a while to learn. No, he, he's done some other things. Okay. Something about a sled or something. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, so anyways, I'm just going big, going bold. Imagine a big trash planet uh, with a city on it, uh, eating up another world. Ah, give me that in Star Wars. This is a great choice uh, for Star Wars because of what everything you're saying, the idea that something uh, as large as a planetary scale could be sentient and could really only hunger to devour and manipulate the fact that uh, in the movie we see the heroes like inside uh, Unicron, right? Inside the belly of the beast is uh, obviously Mm -hmm. that's a mythic metaphor that Star Wars takes literally all the time <laughs> we just talked about it with the ahsoka arc uh what are they kind of going through is it like the subconscious great uh we'll put them in a sewer then like <laughs> star wars loves literally going into the belly of the beast and what's mm. inside and underneath and yeah that the theme of devouring yeah. also great in star wars ken i gotta tell you you sent me on on a journey um yeah so it's uh a journey. 
uh, Orson Welles has been a part of my life for a long time. I've been a big fan because I heard the Shadow Radio Show uh, mm. when I was a little kid and then found about about War of the Worlds and then found out he started in theater. He's got a great radio uh, adaptation of Dracula, mm. which is my favorite interpretation of Dracula. Obviously, mm. uh, love his films. Always knew that this was his final role. I yeah. watched the Transformers show as a kid. I did not see this movie. And mm. I feel like in the last couple of days of my life, Orson Welles keeps popping up and this movie keeps popping up. So uh, like <laughs> I went to that Academy Museum this weekend and they have the actual yeah. prop of Rosebud, went to Moose One Frank and they just sat mm. us in the booth that Orson Welles' favorite booth. Uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Weird Al had a song in this movie and that popped up in the last oh, couple of days. Yeah. And then when I got your list last night, it was like the <laughs> will of the force. And I, I Sarah's got her dance rehearsal on Tuesday night and I was just like, the universe is speaking to me. I'm going to watch Transformers the movie for the <laughs> very first time in the year 2022 when that film is set in 2005. Wow. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like I knew that it was this horrific marketing idea to kill the known characters so they could, you know, put over the new characters they wanted to make toys of. I did yeah. not know that it was endless wall to wall. 80s screech rock with a blissful break for <laughs> over Weird Al song. <laughs> Weird Al was a dare to be stupid. You had Stan Bush. We got the touch. We got the power. Yes. Yes. And even if you, uh, you're then a geek of reading uh, from w- w- Wikipedia, not Wikipedia, uh, uh, though if I had my way, Unicron would be in Wikipedia. Uh, Den of Geeks says, remember the, 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 the great toy massacre of 1986, which traumatized a generation of kids with a string of startling deaths. That's the truth. It this along with Nanta uh, are the deaths that <laughs> rocked me as a kid. Optimus Prime, but other like I think it's Ironhide, Ratchet, all these all these toys I own <laughs> dying. Yep. Um, and then uh, there's a, a swear word in the film. Uh, I don't know if it still survived, but in the theaters, I can yeah. yeah I can confirm. I think it was the S word. And oh my gosh, I got in trouble for just hearing it in the film. <laughs> um, my dad came home and had to like apologize to my mom. There was there was the S word in it. Um, that was that was big. It was a big day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, I think it was, it's the one of the humans who says it. Like, what? Oh, like, yeah, I think I, I, I think it's, it's the dad, right? Spike. Yeah, I think yeah, uh, yeah, it might be the dad. Is that Spike Wiki? Uh, can't I forget, I forget? It's been a bit. Um, uh, yes, uh, Spike's dad, uh, who's also from the comics in the Daniel Wiki. Yeah, I, no, no one concerned about the trauma I was going through. Of <laughs> Optimus Prime died. A planet, a Unicron's eating other planets. Could that happen to us? But I heard the S word, and that was. That was a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were many things I enjoyed in this, but I felt, you know how sometimes a movie can make you feel drunk? Like it just, like it grabbed you and like was shaking you the whole time. It was, it's an amazing experience. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. I also, I, I want to share this quote uh, from Orson Welles that he mm-hmm. told his biographer that's in the the Wikipedia article about this film because it, it brings us back to Star Wars. It's the kind of thing that sometimes actors uh, say about Star Wars. Here's what Orson Welles allegedly said to his uh, biographer, Barbara Lemming. Uh, you know what I did this morning? I played the voice of a toy. I play a planet. I meant as somebody called something or other that I'm destroyed. My plan to destroy whoever it is thwarted. And I tear myself apart on the screen. <laughs> And he found he found the he found the reason to play it. That is beautiful. He found and the heart of Unicron. Wow. That. 
There you go. See, this was a, a chance to talk about things we don't normally talk about on Force Center. Transformers, the movie. And I was a Transformers kid. Um, yeah, I was. I loved I love the comics, love the love the toys. Um, love telling all my friends, we're going to transform into cars now. Just follow me. And I fall <laughs> to the ground and they just stared at me on the playground. Like I was a weirdo. Um, yes. But anyways, Unicron, big villain in Ooh. Star Wars. Yeah. Amazing. Well, we are just up through our number four choices. The party is still going here. Uh, now we're going to Joseph. Uh, your number three choice for your favorite character from other things that we want to see in Star Wars. Well, I'll make up for some of the time that I spent uh, talking about Unicron and just the amazing, uh, strange experience I went through last night with my number three. I know I wanted to have uh, some characters from Star Trek. Uh, there's a mm. ton of characters that would be fascinating <laughs> to Great use uh, Spock's quote uh, because of the different uh, relationship between Star Trek and Star Wars where they overlap and where they really pursue things differently but there's one character that I feel like you could pick up exactly exactly who the character is exactly what they look like and just dump them into Star Wars and that is the character Morn from Star Trek Deep Space Nine mm, uh, now Ken I don't know if you know Morn uh, or if you want to mm. Google more. And, I, I'm uh, just I'm reminding myself, I should have done this last night. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sure I'll see a picture and be like, yes. Oh, yes. yes Morn. Yes, I actually yes. am. Yes, I wear Morn. Yeah. So Star Trek Deep Space Nine, uh, is, uh, for me, it is uh, probably my favorite Star Trek. Uh, one of the uh, things that's going on, it's set on the space station, Deep Space Nine. One of the fun uh, continuing things is there is a bar and Morn is just a, a mixed up version of Norm from Cheers because he <laughs> plays that function he's just this beautiful weirdo who sits at the bar and kind of at first he's just in the background but then they kind of develop these this backstory around Morn uh that he is you never hear him speak but he's really talkative and you'll have a scene where like one of the characters is just like stepping away and rolling their eyes and somebody else will be like Morn got you again did he he told you the whole story like yes couldn't get away from Morn. Uh, eventually, there's a Morn episode where uh, it, the real kind of comedy of like, he's got this whole rich life that we don't see kind of comedy. <laughs> but he's just this great, he's just a space barfly made a charm. And you could plop him down <laughs> anywhere, uh, you know, at Chalman's. Uh, he, he would be absolutely uh, uh, great at uh, the sanctuary, mm. uh, or, you know, rest in peace sanctuary oh, and yeah. book of Boba Fett. But you could, yeah. he, he could, he could be a high roller at Canto Bite, just talking people's ears off. Absolutely mm. would fit in there. So uh, that's my number three, Morn. Oh, it's a charming great- space barfly. Yeah, I, I, I'm somewhat aware uh, now that I've looked at the pictures of it, and, and I get the joke, but it, it, I'm looking at a at a wiki and it says the first time Warren walked into Quark's was around 2364, a time when he still had his hair. Quark thought he was just another customer passing through when he sat down in what would soon be known as, as his stool. I'm sold. I'm sold. I need that in Star Wars. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of a function of the costume, but like he, the way he kind of has to turn his whole body to try to mm. look at you a little bit, and he, but he's also trying to side eye you. There's something just so funny and charming about it. Oh, love it, it. Well, it, it would fit in perfect with the Mando and Book of Boba Fett universe, where they've done a, a pretty good job, but there, there's sometimes those little struggles of actually seeing Corrin in live action, right? A, 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 a practical <laughs> or uh, uh, some of the the. Uh, Clatuinians, I thought, you know, like they almost they got the look, but when they start talking, it you it's it, it, Morn would fit right in with that, right in with that energy. I love that. Yeah, there's a space for you at the Star Wars bar, Morn. That's my number three. 
Great choice. Well, from drinking in the corner of a space bar, we're going to go to the fields of battle. My number three choice is, and I knew I wanted someone from the Lord of the Rings films. I knew, and I'm specifically talking that the Jackson films, not from the books. I just wanted, I wanted some from there and I had a lot of different choices. And then I thought about, I thought about one of my best moments in a theater and it, it revolved around my number three choice, which is Eowyn, Mm. Miranda Otto's character from Lord of the Rings. In Return of the King, when she is standing in front of the Witch King of Agmore, and it does not look good, and he says so boldly and proudly, uh, uh, no man uh, can uh, uh, kill me, and she whips off the helmet and says, I am no man. The theater I was in stood and applauded. (laughs) It's one of the greatest moments I have uh, ever witnessed, and I've always just loved the character because that, and even when I do it, I, I pull out the... Director cuts once a year, sit down on a Saturday and Sunday and watch them all as much as I can before uh, my legs fall asleep there and I have trouble walking. Uh, And I still get chills at that moment because of it. And that's such a Star Wars moment. And I think you could take, I think not like the Resistance era, that wouldn't necessarily be the problem because part of Eowyn's, um, you know, the character is, is she's born into this world where she was not allowed uh, as, a, as, as a woman to fight, you know, and, and she's got to kind of stay behind. And there's some honor than that. They, they, Aragorn tries to sell, everyone's trying to sell her on that place, right? You go in the caves, you keep everyone safe. She doesn't want that. That's not what she wants to do. And, 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 uh, you know, um, her and, uh, her and uh, Perry have that too, uh, uh, going on. So, um, uh, um, I, I think, uh, I think that would work well in an older bygone era of Star Wars. <laughs> it wouldn't work in the resistance era for me. Right. Because she'd be like, hey, I'd like to fight. They'd be like, Leia would be like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. What do you, what do you want to get in here? <laughs> so if you take it back to an older time, an old Republic time where uh, the galaxy was was a little more of a darkened age uh, in what they believed and what they, the roles they would force people in, I think you would have the great hero moment uh, uh, and and her becoming a, a leader out of that, you know, uh, with their uh, passing and everything. There's so much to... Um, to, to take from the character. So I don't love that moment. It's a, it's a, it's, it, it just inspires me in the theaters and I want to see that in Star Wars. So Eowyn, get on in here, grab a lightsaber, start fighting the uh, race that are on Exegol uh, harassing. Me. <laughs> uh, I think that is a great choice. Uh, I rewatched those films for the first time in a very long time uh, this past uh, December. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that that's so strong because it is, it's so built up from, uh, the horror of the mm-hmm. enemies and the armies and how much the fighting is needed and how unstoppable uh, yeah. her opponent is. And um, also then, yes, from how much she is being denied to be on the battlefield. Yes, yes. <laughs> she has to keep uh, fighting for it and sneaking for it. Uh, and that victory feels so, so earned. Um, yeah, I know what you're saying about you know, some of the, the, the gender uh, idea mm-hmm. of it is, uh, does that fit into Star Wars? But yeah, imagining that character being denied you know, if that is a character who comes from, uh, you know, a culture in Star Wars that maybe has <laughs> yeah. some gender issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it reminds me of other moments where people are are either uh, being denied to do something or uh, denying themselves. Like the feel of that moment is for me uh, similar to Ray catching the lightsaber, right? Yeah. Um, because Ray in Force Awakens, right? Because Ray is denying herself yeah. and. Right, right. Kylo is denying that she is at all important. She's a scavenger girl. She has no place in this story like that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say that in Force Awakens, but that energy is already there. So it is this triumphant. I do matter. I do have value here. I do have strength here. 
you know? Yeah. And I think that's what's so powerful about those moments. Obviously, they uh, uh, relate very much to being a woman. Uh, yeah. But I think we all feel that that feeling of uh, nobody thinks I have a place here. Nobody thinks I have value here. And then that hell yeah, fist bumping moment when you do is yeah. is great. Yeah, yeah. And I think I said uh, Perry, I meant Mary, of course, Merigwin, uh, Merigwin there. Uh, so um, you got to get all my Lord of the Rings names up and running again as the, as the show <laughs> starts coming. Uh, uh yeah, yeah, no, well said on that. I uh, love all that there. And again, I'm I'm just talking about the Jackson and uh, films. There's still obviously a lot of different versions of this uh, character out there, including, uh, you know, the original books too. Um, <laughs> so uh, check it out there. I uh, love that moment. That's my number three Eowyn in Star Wars, which means we're up to your number two. Uh, my number two, I went somewhere I didn't expect to go, but I found myself there and I said, I'm sticking to it. I was thinking about horror. Uh, mm-hmm. I am a horror fan and I think horror definitely does have a place in Star Wars. I think Star Wars deals with uh, darkness and fear and the unknown and how do you face the unknown. Uh, and I think that that's a lot of what the appeal of horror is. And I thought of a couple different uh, horror characters that might be kind of fascinating in Star Wars. But then uh, I just thought of one of my favorites. So my number two is Pennywise the Clown <laughs> from It. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm out because I'm scared. I'm already scared. I'm already scared. Right, right. Uh, th- after I, I picked this, I saw that somebody is developing a, a prequel of Pennywise Early Days, <laughs> Murdering People in Derry. Um, yeah, I think, uh, uh, I think the reason that it, uh, clicked for me. I was also thinking how sometimes Star Wars dabbles on in cosmic horror. Um, mm-hmm. Lovecraft and, and many other authors uh, uh, really started this specific kind of horror that isn't about, you know, a person with a knife. It is about uh, these grand cosmic things that force you to see the scale of existence and your own place in it and make you question uh, yourself and your sanity and uh, the the clown form and the Pennywise is how we know uh, it, uh, but what it actually is is this uh, giant cosmic being uh, mm-hmm. that it is kind of unknowable. So in sort of that truth of, of what it is uh, really fits for Star Wars. It's like, you know, uh, some weird you know, a uh, dark side virgins <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that can take on different forms and then feed on the fear uh, of its mm. victims. Like it's kind of like if the, you know, the cave uh, from Dagobah, the tree cave was like mobile. Yeah. <laughs> mobile and hostile. Uh, and then when you get to like, okay, that, great. That all works fine. But you know, you can't have a clown in star Wars. Well, I offer you the Gamorrean <laughs> clown from the gathering arc. Dude. <laughs> a part of the great traveling circus. Uh, so I want Pennywise the clown, mm. but Pennywise is a Gamorrean clown who Ooh. feeds on uh, the children's fear. <laughs> uh, I mean, this would fit well in the uh, High Republic era. We, we see, uh, you know, the nameless, uh, you know, the, the great leveler there uh, feeding on the Jedi's fear, right? So this this, yeah. this tracks for Star Wars horror. Uh, I, I, think, uh, I think this, I, I'm terrified. Yeah, I, I can't even... Poor Grace is still mad at me for not watching it with her. Uh, I, you know, she's a big <laughs> horror movie fan. I don't do them well. So I'm okay with clowns. Clowns, not, a lot of people, but, but a, a Gaborian clown killing people in Star Wars. I don't know. 
That's great. That's a great choice. That's a great choice. Yeah. Uh, I want to see it. I want to see some some fan artwork of Pennywise the Clown as a Gamorrean. Uh, so that's my number two, a clown pig monster that feeds on fear and also flesh, but mostly fear. Mostly fear. Well, from that scary uh, choice there, we're going a little bit smaller, but uh, going all around the galaxy. In fact, we're going we're gonna to hitchhike around the galaxy because I am going with Ford Prefect from... This is specific, the 2005 Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie as played by Mos Def. I love uh, the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh, franchise, if you will, the different versions of stories. Big Douglas Adams fan, like a lot of people are. Uh, but I love this film. It's 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 is a perfect nod. Did it capture everything? Uh, no, I think it's better than people want to give it credit for. Uh, it just did not launch the film franchise like they hoped. So uh, I think it gets overlooked. Uh, some of the big plot changes in the film were actually put in by Douglas Adams in the early draft of the script. But uh, people didn't care about that when they were complaining about it. How, <laughs> Douglas would be mad. Douglas made the decisions to change the story. Um, anyways, in all that is um, great performances from uh, so many people, but. I love most stuff as Ford Prefect. The moment he comes on screen, I was like, that's Ford. That's what I, that's what I picked the energy, the, the chaotic nature of it, the naive, but also galaxy weary explorer, um, him having a bar tab and problems in every bar all around the galaxy. Uh, we, 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 we have a, a character I'd like to see in Star Wars, giving us a tour of the galaxy. That, that guy who just has all the answers on his little data pad, kind of not involved in the big story, but is also at the center of it all. Uh, he knows the place to go on Coruscant. He doesn't go to Dex's diner because he's probably a, hasn't paid his tab in a while. Um, I think he has a complicated relationship with Maz Kanata. Uh, he's gonna, he's definitely been to Cantabite one too many times, but also shows up on Tatooine and people are like, where you been for and where you been? Uh, he has a towel. He has his, uh, his, uh, data pad, which, uh, you know, the hitchhiker's guide, uh, probably called something else there. Um, but uh, he's still prepared for anything. He uh, is uh, a world uh, galaxy, uh, like I said, galaxy weary travel with all the answers. And I have no big plot. I have no need for him to have a blaster, or a lightsaber. In fact, he tries to get out of fights. Uh, might be the most Star Wars thing about him. No, let's not fight. Let's talk it out. Let's drink it out. Uh, and uh, he is loyal and uh, loyal to Arthur Dent. So put him in Star Wars. Ford Prefix going to take us all around the galaxy. Oh, that is great. I am a big, big fan of Hitchhikers, the books. I really like the uh, the 80s uh, BBC mm-hmm. television adaptation. Uh, you are such a defender of the 2005 <laughs> film adaptation that I got to give it another chance because, uh, yeah, I watched it back in the day. Yeah. I did not uh, get angry about it, but it didn't, just didn't connect. And I think I got to give it another chance and open my mind to really saying this is a different interpretation and uh, not obsessed yeah. with did it hit every little beat or every little mood that I want it to. Uh, yeah, side note of that, I recently read um, the first uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the first book, and was embarrassed because I've always told people, oh, I love 2005, even though they changed a lot of things. And I would list uh, now that Malkovich stuff is all different, but some of the stuff towards the end, I was like, yeah, they changed a lot of it. It's it's closer than I remembered. And <laughs> I was embarrassed <laughs> by some of it. Anyways, side discussion on uh, Hitchhiker Center. Um, yes, anyways, your thoughts on Ford? Yeah, no, I think he's perfect he's such a great comic foil character where you kind of like him but he is letting the heroes down like i can really see an episode of clone wars where uh you know obi-wan and anakin get stranded and they need to hitch a ride with somebody and ford prefix like i can help you out and, like, yeah. and he's really funny and the audience is very sympathetic to him but they're so annoyed with him <laughs> constantly 
conflict. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think he's a great choice of just this like I'm I don't know. I'm I'm trying to be a stand up guy. I'm trying to make my way through uh through the galaxy, but uh I make yeah. some mistakes. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. there's just something about uh most Def's performance too. It just from the moment he shows up, uh you know, Arthur is the everyman. That was kind of the thing. It was kind of the point. And I have my bathrobe too. And I, I love more uh, Martin Freeman's performance there. But just the energy, it just, it just was like, this is what I've been reading in my head. And I'd love to see, especially in say like Mando um, or, or Boba Fett, where you have that type of character. And, and, and Amy Sedaris, you know, initially I was like, her style, her comedy wasn't, the energy wasn't vibing with me. And it's just, it's grown on me and it's worked. And they found a way to make it work. So just uh, that kind of energy with, I'd love to see that uh chaotic um nice energy i don't know describe it oh yeah oh he, that'd be perfect yeah ford yep. prefect could also uh give din Jarn a ride and din will be real cranky oh yeah oh god just you could do you do ever shut up yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely uh, are you uh, drunk right now yep uh great choice there you go grab your towel everybody that is my number two choice ford prefect but we are going to take a quick break when we come back honorable mentions a lot of characters that we wanted to include but didn't quite make the list and our number one choices for our favorite characters from other stories and we're putting them in star wars stick around for more star wars Land. hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back to Star Wars Ranked. Me, Ken Napsack, and Joseph Scrimshaw are ranking uh, our favorite characters from all the other books and movies and shows and things we love that we don't get to talk about often on Force Center. Uh, but occasionally we'll make references to. And we're dumping and uh, dumping them into Star Wars. Joseph, I, I, I at one point had to stop. We always say that. Oh, there's so many choices I had to stop. I stopped at five. I had at least ten I was going to email you. So, oh, really? Yeah. For honorable mentions? Honorable mentions, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah, I think, uh, I, did I, did I add one? I might have added one. Yeah. Oh, I think I have six. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, sir? How dare you? Uh, well, what, what are some of your uh, honorable uh, mention choices there? Uh, well, one of the other uh, worlds that I love deeply is James Bond. And I thought of the characters in James mm-hmm. Bond, uh, the various interpretations uh, from the movies in particular of Q, uh, I think, would fit oh, very yeah. well. This is one of the first times where I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I would change that. So Q is a droid. <laughs> I love that. Uh, cranky, uh, uh, older or younger, uh, but kind of persnickety droid who makes very nice things like uh it was a uh like a droid who is responsible for uh restocking uh mando for example <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know uh, or or you know keeping the armor up and just that that great uh repartee that's in the films of uh, q gets to mostly stay safe in his lab and keep everything pristine and uh, mm. James Bond has to go out there and deal with reality in that great <laughs> contrast of you see the hell James Bond co- goes through. Yeah. And then Q's like, did you put a scratch on that? That dynamic from a droid to a Star Wars hero would be really fun. Oh, that's great. That's a great thing. I'd love to see that. Uh, mm. Another one for me is uh, from the world of The Walking Dead. I know I've uh, I've talked about the actor appearing in Star Wars, which I'd still like. But the character Michonne would be great in uh, Star Wars. Uh, she is in the time before uh, the zombie apocalypse, uh, though they don't ever use the word zombie. It has been uh, struck from people's memory in that world. Um, she's a lawyer, so she is like very, very intelligent, very efficient. Uh, she is very caring, has a heart of gold, and then is a ferocious fighter and will do anything mm. uh, to protect the people she loves. Amazingly talented uh, with the the sword, her weapon of choice. Yeah. And I, I've been gravitated to that character always because of just the, the wonderful performance. Uh, but also, like, why? I understand for the fun of storytelling, everybody's got to have their different weapon. But why would everyone in the zombie apocalypse not have a sword? Yes. You got distance. You can get to the heads easily. Mm. Anyway, uh, mm. a big vote for uh, Michonne uh, falling into a time-space portal and ending up in Star Wars. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm someone who's not super familiar with the Walking Dead world, so I love hearing a little bit more about the character. I wasn't aware of a lot of that, the lawyer and all that stuff. I just know the sword, and the sword alone will get you into Star Wars. So, <laughs> right, she knows how to handle a saber. <laughs> awesome. One more uh, there. We'll uh, I'll give some of mine. 
Yeah, yeah. This is one uh, really out of left field. I was really looking at my, uh, my some of my shelves and and going, oh, I want to really be adventurous about where I go. And I thought of, you know what, a, sh- a show I really liked. It's very important. The Wire. Hey. <laughs> uh, and I thought of the character Omar uh, from The hmm. Wire. Uh, Omar plays this fascinating role in the story of he is uh, kind of this, he's kind of a part of the, criminal world but he robs from the criminals <laughs> uh, he is kind of on the outside of the system but everybody expects that to be a part of the system so he is a part of the system the great big story of the wire haven't watched it in a, lo- in a long time i'm sure there are many other insights to be had there on his role and his character but he just he struck me as this kind of fascinating figure who like in the era of the empire would be like i'm not trying to start the rebellion i'm just kind of looking out for number one so mm. i rob crimson dawn i robbed right. the hut cartel uh Ooh, yeah. for myself to keep going you know i love that idea mm, that's great yeah and mm. then there's a, a recurring thing where he uh, he lets people in the neighborhood know he's coming uh, so there's a recurring phrase of he he uh, makes a sound and people say omar's coming uh omar's and coming. that would be very fun in star wars as well Oh, you're pitching some great stuff here. I, I don't know if mine uh, match up to this here but um i uh, i wanted to go a little comedy uh i was thinking of, you know again uh you know, you think uh, characters in Star Wars who could be a Jedi, who could be this and that. I just want a scoundrel um, that's not as noble uh, at, in heart as uh, Han Solo that maybe doesn't learn the lessons right away and <laughs> allows us to go into the underbelly of the upper crust. So now we are on the higher levels of Coruscant. You are on Canto Bight, maybe Naboo. You go into all these places where there's a lot of rich folks there, uh, and, and he feels, this character feels like, hey, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to live off them, and that's my... Uh, my uh, concept of uh, being noble, but really, he's just a scoundrel. Uh, he is—he's uh, a misogynist. He's a sexist. He is uh, just a jerk at times. He doesn't get it, but I still love him. What you say? Maybe something? I don't know. It's also from a movie that's so close to Star Wars because the director is Frank Oz, and <laughs> Ian McDiarmid's in it, and that is Freddie Benson, Steve Martin's character from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Wow! Um, you know, he's not—he's not a good dude. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Um, But I love that movie. It's absolutely one of my favorites. Um, He's got, he's got a lot to learn and Star Wars is a place for us to learn. And I, I almost had him in my top five, but I thought it might've been too similar to some of the things that uh, a personal redemption story that maybe Martin Blank would need to go through from Ghost Ghost Point Blank. And there's less redeemable qualities about Freddie Benson. (laughs) Um, But I just, uh, the idea of just dropping them, on uh on a you know on a train on a ship to Naboo uh and uh or or to Canto Bite and where he's just trying to take advantage and he's really just a fly in the ointment he's really annoying uh but funny and entertaining nonetheless and there's lessons again lessons to be had does he learn them probably not but maybe we as an audience can learn them so I'm putting Freddie Benson in Star Wars Oh, dirty, rotten space scoundrels. I'm here for it. <laughs> and you guess you could grab Michael Caine, too, as well, and put him in there. Uh, then I am, uh, I'll go, uh, I'll flip my list around here a little bit. Um, I'm going to one of my all-time favorite TV shows that I, in high school, Joseph, I was known, uh, not as a Star Wars guy, not as a baseball guy, those things as well, but I was known as the guy who had all the knowledge of Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people love Gilligan's Island. And, you know, and, and, I don't know if you, I'm sure you probably could still find it somewhere. I don't know. I used to watch four episodes a day on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kids, was, we didn't have choices. 
You didn't have choices. Uh, my summer <laughs> days were 8.30 showing for breakfast, like a tw- 11.30, 12.00 showing for lunch, and a 4 o'clock before <laughs> my, my mom was getting dinner ready. Uh, that was my summers during school. So I used to watch Gilligan's Island a lot uh, from another era, to be clear. But um, I went with Willie Gilligan, with Gilligan himself. <laughs> you could go to Captain Jonas Grumby. You could do a lot of those different characters. But I thought, what better pairing with Jar Jar Binks than Willie Gilligan? Gilligan oh. and Jar Jar getting caught up in a mystery, getting caught up in an adventure where they both save the day, maybe entirely by accident, but not by accident because their hearts put them in the right spot. <laughs> their desire to do good puts them in the spot they need to be. And their comedy has purpose. And I can think, uh, I, I can think of a lot of things they can get into a lot of problems. And I definitely can see, uh, Gilligan dropping some, uh, some, uh, you know, uh, boombas there. I definitely can see him uh, tripping and falling and saving the day with Jar Jar at his side. So Gilligan and Jar Jar, my star Wars comedy duo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dropping boomas and dropping coconuts. They're practically <laughs> the same character. Like, same uh, how would you feel if, if Gilligan himself was not uh, introduced to Star Wars? But picking up on this connection, uh, there was a Disney Plus show called Jar Jar's Island where he is crashed yes. <laughs> on an island. Uh, and yes. <laughs> and the other people uh, come to <laughs> understand and respect his good heart. I'm sold. Give me, give me castaways. Three light year tour. Give, give, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, three light year tour. <laughs> love that. Uh, another one for me uh, is uh, going to my love of G.I. Joe. I'm a G.I. Joe kid. You know, a lot of you were all reading your superhero books. I had, I had my G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe toy comic book, all right? The one that sold me the toys. And yes, I was buying all the toys. A lot of characters that I could toss in there. Uh, Most of them, uh, you know, would be good-hearted people who are trying to fight for right, right? No, I'm going, I'm going eval. I'm going with with the Baroness. (laughs) The Baroness is... One of my all-time favorite characters. I have, uh, I have actually a lot of Baroness merch. Um, uh, oddly enough, uh, I, I love this character. Uh, she's evil. Yeah, she's a little evil. She, she's a little sexy. She's a little dangerous. She's uh, she's all sorts of things. She also comes from money. She's spoiled rich. She uh, is someone who didn't quite learn. So imagine if, like, I don't know, Aiden Versio didn't have the change of heart born into wealth and privilege in the, in the galaxy on a planet that serves the empire without question. And then, you know, comes to terms with it. Well, imagine just the, the Baroness is like, nah, no, I'm in a good spot. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep doing evil in the galaxy. Um, so there you go. T- put her up in the high tower, uh, give her a blaster and uh, head her out, uh, head into the galaxy to, to cause problems. Yeah. Hey, you gotta have the characters who are, are just not going to make a better choice sometimes. And that seems mm-hmm. like Baroness. Now I am uh I am looking at pictures of her on the internet, which, uh, wow, there are a lot of different kinds of pictures. Put it that way. I see her action figure. I see some of what might be called fan fiction. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, But I see that she's got glasses in every, every iteration, which seems like an important part of uh, all of the uh, various uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ideas that are being packed into this character uh, uh, that might have affected impressionable youth in many different ways. Uh, but it's clearly a core part of her character. Does does she need glasses in Star Wars? Yeah, uh, yes. I think we need. They're going to have the glasses. Will have a little bit more to them, right? Uh, maybe uh, some vision uh, enhancements, uh, uh, data readouts. But yeah, you got to have the glasses. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I need, might need to do a Baroness deep dive, read some essays on the impact <laughs> of this character. Uh, there is a lot. There is a lot. All all good. Probably not. Um, <laughs> 
couple more on my list, but I want to I want to hear a couple more of your honorable mentions. Uh, yeah, so I, I had to include uh, some characters from Doctor Who. Uh, Doctor Who, I think, does totally. uh, also shares a lot of DNA with Star Wars. It is often about uh, hope and kindness and empathy triumphing over anger and fear um, and division. Uh, and it really shares the the absolute deep DNA of the pulp and the serial and the, the fantastic and the weird. Um, mm. So there's so much about Doctor Who uh, and Star Wars that I, I really, really think connect. Um, but for characters, uh, I went with two specific characters. Uh, one is from the original series. Uh, the third and fourth Doctor companion later appears in the new series, later gets her own series, uh, Sarah Jane Smith. Uh, mm. Sarah Jane Smith for me was like, um, she was formative uh, like Leia of mm -hmm. being young and seeing uh, uh, this woman that was multifaceted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So in the in show, she's a, a journalist and she ends up traveling with the doctor and, and facing things. And the great thing about Sarah is, you know, some of the companions in Doctor Who could kind of lean into the stereotype of, uh, of uh, the, the, the women companions would see something scary and they'd scream. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, you know, especially earlier on, it's not always, not all of them, many different ones. I want to be very clear for my, my Doctor Who, fellow Doctor Who fans, there's a lot of variety within this. But what was great about Sarah was uh, she always got frightened and then she found a way past the fear. So it was just mm. this very human character of like, yeah, there isn't this bravado of like, I'm, I'm not at all terrified uh, yeah. that, you know, I'm being chased by horrific monsters. <laughs> Right. Uh, she's like, this is quite terrifying and I'm going to find a way to deal with it. <laughs> uh, so I think she would fit very well into Star Wars as just some kind of uh, finally on screen. They're in print, but like a, a journalist uh, tracking mm. things down and encountering terrors and being frightened, but finding a way through. Uh, she later gets uh, partnered with another character from Doctor Who that uh, is kind of in Doctor Who because of star wars and that is the robot dog canine <laughs> <laughs> the stars had many many impacts james bond goes like well crap i guess we got to do moonraker and it's not an original novel but they'll be in space um and there'll be laser guns uh and doctor who already in space like oh they like cute robots huh well mm. here you go canine the robot dog uh, was in, in some ways uh, responding to Star Wars. So why not put him in Star Wars? Put He'd fit in. just fine the way he is. He's a robot yeah. dog. Yeah, I love that. That's great. What's the one for, there's also the, like a robot dog in like uh, the Buck Rogers of Battlestar Galactica. That is a kid. Yeah, yeah. It all makes the, sense. And it all, it all was like, it circles back to Star Wars. Exactly yeah. what you're saying. Oh, they, li they like the robots. Robot dog. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then this one needs next to no uh, explanation. Just uh, my favorite hench person from uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, Merman. Merman fits just the way he is. Throw him in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he can be fighting against the Mon Calamari, anywhere, anything you want. Yeah, throw him into any old water planet. He he can punch it out with Rift Hampson. No no yeah. problem. Throw I, Merman in there. I love Merman. Um, I used to collect the, the, the Masters of the Universe figures, too, back in the day. But... The merman I had was a hand-me-down from a friend. I got in like a trade. Okay. Uh, I think I traded some baseball cards, maybe a G.I. Joe figure. I got a merman back, and he had a ripped ear. Like his, So I always, every time I played He-Man figures, uh, I had to like account for his ear, like something had happened. He had, a, he had, he had <laughs> battle damage coming in. Did, did He-Man bite it off or something? Uh, yeah, I don't know, but it, it was enough to, you know, make him bitter and angry. 
you predicted the way Merman is uh, depicted in the recent uh, Kevin Smith Netflix Masters of the Universe. Oh, I haven't finished that series yet, which which only because uh, I haven't had a chance to yet. But I like yeah, the, like the first couple yeah. episodes. Mm. Um, and I got I got one more to wrap it up here. Okay. Which will be very short because uh, I'm not going to give any explanation because I think it's still too close uh, to the film. Uh, the most recent iteration of Batman called The Batman. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be grimdark and Batman goes through some Jedi lessons in the film The Batman and it made me love Batman. I really love that. Uh, not I've always loved the character. It made me love this take on The Batman. Ah, uh, I love that. I haven't had chance. It's on our list. Uh, maybe even this weekend, Grace and I are gonna gonna watch it. Um, to finally get around to it. Um, not get it. She has been dying to see it. She's a Pattinson fan. So, uh, I'm so curious, so curious about what uh, your take on that. Put it in there. Put it in Star Wars. Mm. Yeah, love that. Get him in there. Great honorable mentions. I got a two more to to round it up. Then we'll go to our number one choices here. Uh, I uh, I'm going to uh, 1997's Men in Black. I I kind of. I feel I wanted to choose enemies, you know, so, some evil folks to cause problems in the galaxy. And I'm going to uh, the bug, Vincent D'Onofrio's uh, <laughs> character, both uh, all versions, you know, uh, about, about a cat. I, I want that guy in Star Wars, uh, some kind of um, Star Wars horror show, a bug that's in the body of, of a, a humanoid in Star Wars going around and the Jedi have to go, uh, you know, maybe even it's an adventure for younger Obi-Wan and younger Anakin. Maybe, maybe that's what uh, my <laughs> Chen's new brotherhood book. Maybe that's the business on Kato Nimodia. Um, I just love the, I love that character. I love the portrayal. Love uh, Vincent D'Onofrio and uh, um, Men in Black film franchise is, is it, it, I, I didn't keep up with it, but I love that 1997 film so, so much. And, and um despite the fact that it upset Douglas Adams because he was like, I've been told for years I can't make a sci-fi comedy on a movie. What are you talking about? Uh, so I love everything about it and just uh, just a, a bug going around the galaxy being evil. Uh, I love that. I want that. There. Made for Star Wars. Made for Star Wars. And then the final one for me. I was like, all right, I got to allow, my, allow myself one Song of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones character. Um, what can I do? A lot of choices. Jedi and Bounty Hunter and everything. I was like, no, we need just a force of evil so the tv show version because it's uh slightly different and not uh, we don't know as much in uh, the books uh but i'm going with the night king uh the being that was wrong that was created uh against his will to do uh evil he didn't sign up for but is now fully on board for evil and his his reasons for being evil take over the world why because of evil and uh, it's a test for everyone else. Can you come together to fight evil or are you going to fight amongst yourselves? Um, just drop him in. He just makes every planet he gets, uh, he kills everyone, revives them, an army of the dead, turns a planet to ice, and he moves on to the next planet. And can the galaxy come together to stop him? We'll see. Look, motivation-wise, aesthetic-wise, he's, uh, he's ice mall. So I mm -hmm. think he's perfect. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So there you go. I allowed myself one, and that's where I'll stop. Uh, that's our honorable mentions, but we are up to our number one choices. These are characters we uh, love from other uh, stories, movies, shows, and we're going to put them into Star Wars as best we can. And my number one choice, uh, so Joseph can close the show with his number one choice, is from a baseball film. Well, some people say it's not a baseball film, and I actually agree with that. And it's funny, I see that used in a negative uh, uh, connotation towards this movie. Uh, it's an interesting side debate. Um, it's Field of Dreams. Uh, I mm. love that movie. I love that movie. Uh, I have not actually read the book, uh, the, the uh, Kinsella novel that uh, um, is uh, the movie's based off of. I'll say that. 
Um, but I'm going with Terrence Mann, who is James Earl Jones's character. So let's get James Earl Jones in Star Wars as another <laughs> character. What Finally. I love, yeah, Terrence Mann is this reclusive author based, uh, you know, on some uh, real life uh, kind of ideas. Not a direct one for one creation of character, but uh, uh, WP can sell put some of that stuff in there. But he is, uh, you know, key to uh, Kevin Costner's story, his reconciles uh, journey, uh, finds him. And, you know, he's an author who, uh, used to rock the boat. He used to fight the good fight. He used to be part of the resistance. He was there with Martin Luther King Jr., there with uh, Robert Kennedy, all those kind of things. And then one by one, as the world started changing, uh, changing, he he didn't see the point anymore, or didn't find the worth, but uh, it changed his tune and started um, programming computer games and teaching children and taking the same principles he believed in, but now targeting um, the youth in a way of, 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 of giving them a, a morality tale, giving them a series of morality tales to um, uh, kind of fight the fight in a different way. Um, is that George Lucas? I'm not saying I'm putting George in this <laughs> halo. <laughs> but, you know, George is uh, THX 1138. He's the guy who wanted to do Apocalypse Now. And along the way, he decides to, all right, let's do this morality tale for kids. And he affected an entire generation. But Terrence Mann, is, uh, he's bitter. Uh, he is uh, uh, maybe uh, bruised by uh, all the losses, scared, has some fear, and uh, doesn't feel as though he has a place in the fight anymore. And all those kind of things, if you've seen the movie, you, you kind of know. And um, he, he comes back. Uh, he, he is so without hope. Um, and, uh, denies a part of his past, denies the story of, of dreaming about being a, in, in a baseball field and have his field and all that good stuff and um, is, is shook. And one of my favorite scenes in cinema is when uh, Kevin Costner turns the Volkswagen van around and there's James Earl Jones as Terrence Mann going, what did I see, Ray? Uh, it gives me chills. It is, uh, it is a moment of, uh, of, of reconnecting uh, with hope, reconnecting with purpose, reconnecting with something else. And he uh, kind of joins the journey in another way. So take all of that and put it into someone who is uh, uh, who went through the change from the Republic to the Empire. And mm. uh, maybe they meet Obi-Wan in a bar. And maybe Obi-Wan is on a mission. <laughs> he runs into Terrence Mann. Or he needs some help from Terrence Mann. But Terrence doesn't really want to be part of the fight anymore. I've done my part. And look what it got me. I'm trying to do this in other ways. And then he ends up joining the journey. So uh, that's what I'm saying. James Earl Jones is Terrence Mann from Field of Dreams, but in Star Wars. Uh, beautiful, well said. Uh, I have seen many famous clips. I have never seen all of Field of Dreams, so you're inspiring me that I got to check this out. I, you know, yeah, highly recommend. And, and it, yeah, that's a it's an interesting side conversation. The amount of people, a lot of people, friends of you know, one of my friends, a former professional ball player, hates the film. And hates the film based around the idea that well, it's not a baseball film. And and, I, and my response to that is uh, correct, <laughs> correct. <laughs> So let me ask you this, uh, Terrence Mann, mm -hmm. uh, in the story of Field of Dreams, uh, he, he has he been a baseball player? No, he was an author, just a whole author. Uh, author. But um, there's an interview they had given uh, years and years and years ago about uh, Ebbets Field, Brooklyn, the Dodgers, and what it meant to him. And, um, and because of that, uh, Costner feels uh, uh, he's got some pain to that, and, he, and Costner's character finds him, and he denies it all. He denies everything. Got it. Until, until he can't anymore. Okay, so uh, I was curious what sport, uh, if Terrence uh, came with a sport that needed, a Star Wars sport, if he needed to be a, <laughs> a, a big fan of Nuna Ball or anything I, like I that. I think that's a great point, though. We, we, have, uh, we don't have the Star Wars, uh, to my knowledge, a Star Wars baseball equivalent. We need to get that. 
Nuna Ball yeah. might be close, but yeah. <laughs> Nuna Ball seems a little bit more uh, uh, football, <laughs> hockey, right? Yes, yes, yes it does. <laughs> that is a great choice. Uh, very well said and very well communicated, and I can attest to that because I'm not familiar with the film. There you go. There you go. Uh, we each have some homework. Uh, you know, well, you, you, you got your first uh, Transformers the movie homework in <laughs> before it was assigned. Wow, it needed to be done. It would have blown my mind when I was a kid, both loving it and being and uh, so upset by it and thrilled to hear Weird yeah. Al. Oh, wow, what yeah. a journey. There you go. So that is my number one choice. But, sir, we're going to go to your number one choice. Who do you want to put into Star Wars? Well, my number one choice was going to be uh, Jedi. That's what I see uh, mm. so much when I watch other things of like, are these characters uh, like Jedi? Are they striving to be Jedi? So I had to go with a, a character who I think uh, is a Jedi. And it is actually uh, two characters uh, who are Jedi, plural, uh, working together uh, as a team and, uh, and solo. Uh, my number one is from the MCU, Captain America. Both Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson. Uh, I think their Jedi connection is a part of their great bond in their story together. Um, I love the character of Captain America. Gravitated toward him as a kid. Um, I think the character has always, in in the comics, different iterations. But it was certainly happening when I was uh, reading them in the mid-80s. Uh, been the symbol of what America can and should be, mm. <laughs> not necessarily what it is in the moment. He is the the striving toward that. Let's be the best of ourselves. And I think for me, uh, I particularly fell in love with the MCU adaptation, bringing that into the live action, adapting that, and having this character that on the surface, uh, in the first film, deals with this so much is on the surface is just like your propaganda. You're a mouthpiece. Uh, And him saying, I don't want to just follow the structure and the order and, uh, you know, uh, follow uh, orders without questioning them. I want to find the spirit of it. What really, really needs to be done to help people. He -hmm. gets grilled about why he wants to even be in the army. Is it to kill Nazis? And Mm -hmm. he responds, I don't like bullies. There's a straight line between him fighting Nazis to him fighting Thanos because he stays true to just what is right. Uh, I want to help and defend people. My symbol is a shield. I want to be an agent of good that defends people from bullies. Mm. And then within all of that great journey, one of the other things that that relates him very much to being Jedi-like and and Star Wars-like, and um, I'll get to Sam Wilson here on this connection too, is he constantly questions systems of authority in pursuit of staying true to his values he's a soka tano mm, uh, he is yeah uh he, every film he he the army in the first film is telling him what to do uh and and he's questioning it in order to do the right thing uh then shield is telling him what to do and he's questioning it in order to do the right thing then the actual uh u.s government and half of the avengers are telling him mm. <laughs> what to do and he's questioning it in pursuit of trying to to do the right thing. And uh, when it comes time to pass the shield, he chooses Sam Wilson. And then we get this great uh, story in Falcon and the Winter Soldier about Sam Wilson's uh, complex journey uh, to accepting that mantle. And, you know, even the real world conversations about like, but he can't be Captain America because he doesn't, he should have super soldier serum and he doesn't have it. (laughs) And it's almost like the, you know, we're we're checking Sam Wilson's midi-chlorine count kind of thing. And the whole story for me that 
Steve Rogers gave Sam Wilson uh, the shield, but because he saw that Sam Wilson's a Jedi, <laughs> yeah, that he has that uh, he has that pure heart that truly wants to help people, defend people, make a difference, and crucially to the whole story of Falcon and the Winter Soldier is absolutely willing to question systems mm. and to not blindly follow orders, but to make sure that he is doing things because he believes in them. Uh, and I think for me, that's th this real Jedi story. It's, mm -hmm. it's a rules and traditions are valuable and important, uh, but they should also be questioned because organizations can rot from the inside. So you always got to be careful to make sure that you know what you're doing and why to make sure that you are being the hero that you are choosing to be, that you are aspiring to be. And even when you stumble, you pick yourself back up, you know, and have that I can do this all day spirit because, you know, you're you're made the right choice because you've checked and you've checked and you've checked with yourself that you're making the right choice. I mean, beautiful description of those characters and what they mean to the that story and to us. Uh, they absolutely belong in Star Wars. I'm almost bummed that they can't be in Star Wars. <laughs> but the spirit uh, is there. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe the actors can. Well, but, yeah. could you could you imagine just a one for one? Bring them on into the MCU here. Uh, Sam Wilson uh, or or Steve Rogers doesn't matter. Uh, side by side with Ahsoka, that would be some great conversations, some great uh, fighting off uh, evil in the galaxy. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you go through some uh, bad things with your organizations too? Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I really did. I did. <laughs> I did. I did, but I am not. Uh, I am not wavered. I know who I am. That's great stuff. Ah, that's a great list. We got. You had to have someone from Marvel there, and that is. The, oh that, yeah, that is yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are the the Jedi pair going around together, uh, right and wrongs. Right and wrongs, indeed. Well, we have uh, submitted uh, a lot of choices from all parts of uh, fandoms and the galaxy and planets that eat other planets, hitmen uh, who need a heart uh, to find a heart of gold, and so much more. And, of course, killer clowns. Uh, now a Gamorrean clown in Star Wars. Uh, Justin, thank you for your list. A lot of fun. We, we, we might have to do this again down the line because there's more things to talk about and more characters to bring in. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to find us, uh, you can do so by going to Twitter and finding us at Force Center Pod. You can use the hashtag Star Wars Ranked. If you want to join the conversation, submit your own list uh, or debate me on what Field of Dreams is or not. Uh, please don't. Please don't. Uh, and uh, Instagram and YouTube is the other spot to find us as well as Facebook. You can like our Facebook Facebook page there at Force Center Podcast. You can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center or merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Hey, Star Wars Celebration coming up. Get a Force Center shirt so we can point at you from a far away and then run up to you and say hello on the convention floor. Uh, you can also find our podcast on ACAST, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, a lot of places. Just search. You'll find us. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. You can find me at Cadnapsock. Go to my website, cadnapsock.com. And Joseph, where can they find you and your musings on Captain America? <laughs> you can find all my musings on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I've uh, been sharing some action figures, including some of the great retro Marvel action figures. Oh, I'm mm. Really, uh, that that's a dangerous, a dangerous line for me. Very exciting. Uh, all my other adventures are on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. There, there you go, my friends. Check it out. We'll see you next time. Star Wars has been great.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.